Was that it? Yeah. I think that was it. Maybe oh. we should go now. Well, let's go now. All right. Huh? We're here. We're here. What are we doing? We're going to do a new podcast. Well, we're not getting rid of the old one. No. We're we are going to add one. we're going to add on the episodes. Yes, because we realized that we have some pretty interesting conversations. Yeah, it's just me and you in the office. We do. Um, we both have a lot of opinions about things and there's a lot of stuff, you know, going on in the world. Yeah. And I, you know, for me personally, I was feeling all in my feels the other day and I was like, I want to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were talking about doing yeah. this. Yeah. Other, so it kind of brought it to yeah, light. Yeah. So, and then, you know, we're like, yeah, well, let's, so let's this do it. is, um, this is going to just be our birthday buddy corner. Yeah. Birthday buddy corner. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, we we're, say that because we have the same birthday. Same birthday as Elvis Presley. Yeah. January 8th. Best uh, day ever. King Jong Un or Eo, we, we don't we don't really recognize him. Oh. Or R. Kelly. Oh no, we, we don't, don't recognize we don't that share guy it either. With him. <laughs> no. We got some dirt bags on our birthday. We do. But we have Stephen Hawking's on our birthday Which too. Which is amazing. Yeah. Physicist. That dude's smart. In a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's badass. Yes. Talks with a robot voice. So um you know, this is kind of coming off our regular podcast as the road returns. So we'll go ahead and throw in a disclaimer for this one also. Um, these are just our opinions, Amanda and Carlos. We have opinions on things that we see in the news, shows we watch, movies. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's sad. Sometimes it's just real. Yeah. Um, these opinions have nothing to do with the Rescue Company one, what we stand for there or what we teach. Anyone that houses us, pays us. Brings us to teach. Um, has nothing to do with our fabulous medical director over there, Dr. Ben Abo. He is handsome. He is. Um, has nothing to do with any of that. This is just our opinions and conversations. And, you know, I'm a firm believer sometimes of talking about things because you might help just one person. And even if you do that, it's okay. Yeah. You know, we may say things that you may not like. Yes. You may not agree with. May offend you. Turn it off. Yes. We're not going to watch our language. We're going to just kind of say things as they come. And they are, you know, fully our opinions. So you have the option of not listening. Yeah. You know, this is be life education value, but it'll be no value of any sort of, you know, education. No, no education. So, you know, you don't have to be a paramedic or a nurse or a doctor or anybody to listen to this. Nope. Just a person who's not easily offended. Yeah, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, that's going to be hard to find. Yeah. So we're here in the office. We are. We're not even in the same room as the hippo. I know. It's He's so like weird. I don't separate room. I don't even know, I don't what, know to do. what to do. We have a pro- like we have a producer. Yeah, I know. I like staring at him normally. Yes. He's know, probably but, out there twirling his hair. Oh, he's <laughs> losing his mind right now. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh. You, we, we actually had a different topic planned for our first one. We researched the heck out of it. And it's going to be pretty awesome when we actually uh, bring it up. Yes. So, you know, kind of like a, uh, what do you call it, a teaser. Yes. Uh, to that, it rhymes with Casey Anthony. Oh, that bitch. <laughs> That's going to be a good one because I think, I think what I like about that topic is that there may be people that were under a rock when this was going on. Yeah. So we have to like give some like background, mm-hmm. Orlando information. I love talking about Orlando. I love I love my town. <laughs> so that's gonna be cool. Yes. 
and um, you know, talk about the the whole case and where you where were you when this was going on? Oh, I remember yeah. vividly, case against Casey. Yeah. So <laughs> so it's crazy because there's a whole thing of adults now. Yeah. That are like reliving this because they were kids when this happened. Yes. You know, so it's, so it's kind of interesting. And then even as adults, we remember it, but we're reliving it because they, yeah. you know, they did that show finally. Absolutely. Whatever, but. Oh, still makes me just as mad as it did 10 years ago. <laughs> so, but uh, we we had something happen. So what happened, buddy? We did. So I'm sure most people have seen or read in the news, even if you didn't know who he was, there's a DJ. Um, started on So You Think You Can Dance, did some other shows, was a DJ for the Ellen DeGeneres show, um, went by Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what was his first, what was his real name? Stephen Boss. Stephen Boss. Stephen Boss was his real name. He was only forty years old. He had a beautiful wife, two beautiful children, very close knit family. He um, he took his own life, and he left his home, and he went to a hotel in the area, and. That's, you know, where he did what he did. He shot himself in the head one time. You know, it, It's kind of a, a crazy thing to think about. I remember this guy coming on that. I remember, like, I watched that show. Yeah. Because Carlos used to love that show. It just happened to, I didn't watch a lot of episodes, but I remember watching mm-hmm. that season um, quite a bit. I think it just happened to be that I was home when <laughs> it was on. And uh, he's a pop and locker. So I remember when he came out, oh, yeah, okay. so he did a lot of pop and lock dancing. So being from New York originally, that it's like a big, you know, it's kind of a thing, you know? Right. So yeah. I remember him being on that. And then, you know, the douchebag, my son, Carlos, he's going to hate that I'm going to say this on this. He is a fan of dance movies. Oh. That motherfucker. I knew watch, I liked him. He I am watch too. the shit out of a, fan of a dance movie. So Save the Last Dance. Yeah, I love that. Classic. I do. I do like that movie. Yes, because it got good tunes in it. Yes. Uh, some of the other ones got kind of ridiculous, but do I do like the dance montage scenes? Mm-hmm. I do watch some of those. I do love me some Magic Mike though. Oh, yeah. This I live- guy uh, was in uh, two of the. The two Magic Mikes that are already yeah, out. Yeah. The third one coming out. Oh, it's just a third one coming oh, out? Oh, yeah. It's his final tour. Man. Miami. You, I'm going to tell you, man, that dude, he is an ass shaker. Yes. You know. But, you know, I live Magic Mike in real life. <laughs> that could be one of our buddy episodes oh, here. Oh, you know, I know I've talked about it on As the Road Returns, uh, my stripping days. But oh. so, but it's. Uh, oh, we have a great story about that yeah. from Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my hips still hurt. From, <laughs> I haven't put one of moves out in a long time. So, but, um, so I remember watching this dude and then he's in these movies and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had no idea he actually DJed. Yeah. On top of that, he yeah. was with her for I think it said eight or nine years. He was with her with Ellen, and, and the only reason he stopped is because she stopped. No shit, she's not doing her show anymore. You know, that's something else I did learn. Now that you bring this back up, when you said that the other day, I, I didn't realize that Ellen was off the sh- there. Mm-hmm. She retired, I guess. Well, the COVID or what? What, what was I the think deal? She just it ran its course. Yeah, yeah. She I mean, decided it was time. I never personally watched the Ellen DeGeneres show. I only watched it here and there. You know, it would play in the comm center when you're on day shift, middle of the day yeah, type no, no. TV. But she did do some really awesome things. She helped a lot of people. Um, and she brought light to a lot of different topics that people don't want to talk about. Because, yeah. you know, she's a she's a lesbian married to Portia um, in a time where that was 
even yeah, a, that one that even, was not cool. It was not cool. She did it and she brought light to it. She talked about it. She is proud of it. She's proud of her wife. You know, it was great. So, you know, the the thing that caught my attention, that was just not the first person that we hear about they commit suicide a famous person you know and i got right. a, i wrote a list i got a list okay we'll bring a bunch of a list of people down but the f- way this guy did it hit close to home to me yes you know hit close to home to me because me yeah because you know i think you you've heard my story about mm-hmm. um and for those you know we'll, we'll give the the cliff notes here in a bit about it but the um we had a guy at the fire department kill himself this way Oh. The a guy named uh, um, and, and you know what's crazy is our our health, our health and safety chief. Oh man! That kills himself, Matt Negley, big name in the city of Orlando fire department. Like started the fire conference. He was a heck of a dude, man. And we got you know he was a class before me getting hired in the fire department. And I knew him from like Altamont Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to medic school at the same time. You know he's just a good dude and. To watch him end it that way, not even know, like, because it's like the thing that everybody says. You don't know. This guy was so happy. Yes. You know, so happy. Just saw him the day before or something like that, you know, so. This guy, uh, Twitch, this article that I pulled up was his grandfather talked to him uh, just two days before he took his own life and. He was the same happy-go-lucky person that he's always been. We had no indication that anything was out of the ordinary. Um, Obviously, their family is completely devastated. Uh, Had no idea that that was coming. So he, um, he left his home, left his car there. He switched his phone to airplane mode, and he went to a motel. He checked in in the morning and only booked for one night. Um, even the hotel staff said that he didn't seem to be in distress, wasn't visibly upset, was, you know, smiling at them, was polite, kind, courteous, you know, normal, normal. I would call normal behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, checked into his room and sometime in that, uh, you know, probably 15 hour period or so, he took his own life and they found out because he didn't check out. I guess I'm thinking that his wife must have been away or something because that morning she rushed into um, an LAPD station because she realized he had left his home without his car. Wow. And that is completely unlike him. And he, you know, they found out he had taken an Uber there. Um, Where he was was less than a mile from his home. But he didn't do it in his house. He... He yeah. didn't let his wife find him. <clears throat> he didn't let his kids find him. It, it's such a crazy thing because, you know, it, w- when I had made the decision to do it, mm-hmm. that was my big thing. Like, I didn't want to do it someplace that it was going to be a cleanup for my kid or somebody, yeah. you know, like I just wanted to be away, mm-hmm. you know, from it. And I think that Matt Negley, the guy that did it, um, unbelievable. He actually drove to, he lived like over like Volusia County area, but he was, people knew him. He taught fire standards and stuff right. like that. Like, I think he even like figured out that I'm going to drive to an area with whoever responds is not going to know who I am because oh. he didn't want to scar his brothers. Yeah, people that knew him. So, what a crazy, 
unbelievable thing. It, you know, the whole reason that this became something that I, you know, I called you and I was like, listen, we're going to do this. And I want to talk about this. Um, I want to make it personal because I feel like that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have a story. A lot of people have heard your story. Most people know it. Um, I've seen you lecture. It is very emotional, um, especially with you and Josh there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big thing and it's, you know, very thankful that it didn't happen. I'm glad yeah, that, man, you know, is. I'm glad that you got that text that you did at that time, you know, and I, you know, for myself, it's not something that I openly talk about like you do, but I, you know, I've been there too. I, I don't know that I've been quite as close as you. I didn't you know, fully map out my plan, Oh man. but I was done. I was done. I had taken my son to my parents. I was home by myself. Um, at the time, you know, I would have been going through some life stuff. So I had, you know, means of protecting myself, which also could turn into means of being done. Yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, I, I went so far as to write a letter to my mom, wrote a letter to my son, and I was just done. I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't have any fight left in me. Uh-huh. And, you know, for me, I can't talk about how I feel to people. Like, it doesn't, it's not as easy, but I am always the person and I'm always the friend that everybody runs to. Cause I'm always the one to listen. Yeah. I'm always the one to offer the words or the advice or whatever it is that that person needs. You know, I have one really good friend that if she comes to me sometimes and she knows like we have a difference of opinion on things and I'll ask her, how are you wanting me to respond to you? Yep. You want me to comfort you or do you want me to tell you my opinion? Yeah. Um, and I'm always that person. I am always the one that is sitting there holding somebody else's hand even though I'm drowning inside, um, you know, my mind never stops. It has a way of taking the smallest of things and turning it into the biggest of things. And then I dwell on it and that's, it's really hard and you just don't talk about it. Um, you know, depression's a big thing for me. You know, we're, we talked the other day quite a bit about that. You know, we were on the phone for a bit. You know, mm-hmm. what's interesting is, is that I don't talk on the phone with anybody as long as I talk on I the know. phone with you, <laughs> which is, uh, it's, I think, yeah. you know, like I told, you know, the, Trish, I'm on the phone with her for like a couple minutes and then yeah. I'll call you later. Yeah. But uh, you, I talk on the phone like every day for hours sometimes, know. you know, most of we're working. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes we talk, you know, about nothing on the phone, you know, like, you know, not nothing, but, you know, different, different, different stuff. stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I would venture to say that I think there's the people that admit that they have depression. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people that don't admit it. Yes. I think it's more common than it is, you know, like us to feel the way we do sometimes are meant to feel weird and strange. When the reality, I think, is a normal human thing. I think it is, too. And I think that so much time has passed that people have looked down on it and spoken badly about it. And, oh, you just want to be medicated or you don't. I'm not going to medicate my kid or I don't want my spouse medicated. Yeah, like, mental health's got such a weird stigma it does, to it, you know. But it is real. Yeah. 
anxiety is real. PTSD oh. is real. Depression is real. Yeah. You know, I, I have a good life. I have a great job. I have great family. I have great everything. Everything's good yeah. right now. You know, I, we're doing the, we're doing the damn thing yeah. on a daily basis. I have reasons to get up every day. But you still feel sad sometimes. But every day yeah. I have to force myself to get up. Out of yeah, bed. man, it's a struggle. And it's not because I'm tired. Nah. It's because, oh, what is the world going to throw at me today? It's a struggle, man. But, you know, the important thing is to find somebody that you can talk to about it. Um, you know, it's not that I can't talk to people about it because there are, you know, there's plenty of people in my life. I have, yeah. you know, I have a great husband who will listen to me. I have an amazing mom who listens to me no matter how ridiculous I'm being. Yeah. But I don't, I don't tell her things like this because I don't want to make her sad. Your mom's a saint. And I don't want her to worry about me. Yeah, moms are going to worry. No I know, what. but I don't need to tell her that I'm at the, you know, I don't want to tell her I'm done. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, here's my plan. Here's my letter to you. Like, I I could never. So let me ask you this. Do you remember what you wrote down to your mom? I really don't. No. Hey, you, um, know, you know what's crazy is? Is is that I've talked to five or six suicide survivors, people that I've talked to, like, you know, in group therapy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Nobody can remember what they wrote down. I don't, I don't. Most remember. people don't reread it. You know what I mean? They write it and it's like such a purge of feelings that go into a piece of paper. They're like, yeah. I think the fear is of you rereading your note is that you will stop yourself from doing yeah. the thing, you know, and it's because... And I don't know if you experienced this or not. When I made the decision that I'm like, hey, I'm doing this thing, I felt so relief. Yeah. And I felt so good. I was actually pretty fucking joyful. Like, it was yeah. unbelievable. I Once I made my decision that, like, I was done, obviously, I did not want my child to be anywhere around. And he was very young at the time. Mm -hmm. He was very young. Um, but once I, mine was writing the notes. Once I did that and I, cause it is, it's a purge of feeling yeah, and man. I'm sure yeah. that those notes were just a giant cluster of words that rambled and made no sense because that's how your brain is going then. But once I got it all out and I put it on paper, I felt pretty good about it. So you, did you handwrite it? Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm a handwriter like that's I have a well, journal. You got, but you got good handwriting too. So, <laughs> I mean, I, since then, obviously I'm still here. I didn't do this. This was several years ago. Yeah. I, um, you know, the only thing that stopped me was my mom called me and said, something's wrong with Colton. He's sick. I think you need to call the doctor. Okay. Those are the things that snap you out of it, you know? And I went, oh, <laughs> crazy? I got to be his mom right now. Yeah. And I, you know, I decided that day after all of that, I decided that no matter how hard it was, no matter how sad I was, ultimately I had a reason to keep going Yeah. and that I was going to stop letting other people and outside things. I was going to stop letting them control me and have this power over me, Yeah. you know, and then I kind of went into a fight or flight mode. 
and it was still a struggle. So I fought my way out of it. I had to cut a lot of people out of my life. That was very hard for me. Some people are toxic, man. Some, and I, you know, I had, I had this relationship on and off with somebody during this time that had gone on for probably a solid 10 years. Like it started before I was even in high school. Wow. Um, he was a drug to me and it was a bad one. There was so, he never physically abused me, but there was so much mental and emotional abuse that it destroyed me. And he could manipulate me into feeling any way he wanted me to. And it didn't matter. And I would keep going back for more. And I'd keep, and then he would be nice and say, I'm sorry. And I didn't mean it. And, you know, whatever the normal abuser stuff, you know, mental and emotional yeah. abuse is not any different than physical abuse. Oh, no, man. Hey. You just can't see it. Survivor right here. But it, it is abuse oh, and yeah. it is real. Um, you know, and then, when I did leave him, I, he, I feel like it was probably an act at this point, knowing what I know now, but you know, I get a phone call that he's sitting on the floor with a bottle of pills and he's about to, you know, kill himself. Yeah. So what did I do? You go right I back went home. running. Sucked right in. And I sat on the floor and he was crying and whatever. However, that day I was able to walk back out the door. And then I never looked back. This is a, this is a boyfriend? This is a boyfriend? Yeah. High school boyfriend? Uh, I mean, kind of. We were, it was, like I say, it was on and off since like eighth grade until I was 23, 22, 23. Wow. This is like your first, was mm. your first dude? He was yeah. my first everything. Yeah. So see, that, that's, that's a, you know, um, this person I talked to, we're not going to mention her name, but. Same thing. Like, is, is some people become part of these uh, 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 life events. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it, you know, like the first person you have sex with mm -hmm. is a significant person. Yep. You know, I couldn't tell you what that girl's name is, the first girl I had sex with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and I think, and this is how I become friends with this person. Uh, you know, she had heard what happened, you know, and all that stuff. And we start talking and it turns out she's been in this mm -hmm. kind of like what you described. So what's crazy is, is that, you know, I grew up in a household of swingers. Yeah. You know, so like sex is in love there. So I never right. really did attach feelings to that. Yeah. So, yeah, like I couldn't tell you. Well, you know. Yeah. Elizabeth, he just came back to me. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know for sure, you know, how my parents' life yeah. has been. I don't really want to know. Yeah. But I, I know that I was never exposed to things like that. I lived in a household where, you know, coming up in June, my parents have been married for 38 years. Yeah. So, so for you, this is like, that represented a bunch of feelings, a bunch of yes. stuff. So, man, it. And I was, there was something, it was, he was a drug. Yeah. He, it was a drug and it nearly killed me. Yeah. More than once. Oh, I'm sure. But it nearly killed me for real. And it was, um, it's amazing to me now to look back on it and go, how did he do that? How did he have so much control over me? Yeah. It's, it's crazy when, when a person becomes, when you become part of somebody's identity. Yeah. Like being part of them, it, it, they have significant control over you. My ex-wife was like that. 
And he was horrible to me. Like at the very end when we broke up, he had been cheating on me with this other girl, got her pregnant, moved her into our house. I was still there with my kid. Oh my God. He gave no fucks. None. That's crazy. And I was, I, what do you, where do you go? Like, what do you do with that? Yeah. But you know, it's real. And you have to have the power and you have to find the strength and you have to find the reason to leave it, to leave it behind. Yeah. And then for me, you know, it has had lasting effects. Like I, I am very standoffish of people now. I don't trust easily. I am not one of those people that I trust you until you lose my trust. No, you will you earn, earn my trust. Yeah, you got to earn it. Because I don't trust anybody. Yeah. I try not to get attached to people because people always leave because that was, that's been, you know, my life. That's been my relationships that, you know, it happened with my son's dad. Same thing. People always leave. Yeah. And that's hard to get past. You you know, like your mistrust, it's so crazy because to me is I guess there's there's the Amanda that I get. Those are the Amanda that, that everybody else gets. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's a completely different thing. But you you going back on like this dude right here, like the the amount of like um, so my ex was kind of the same way where I was part of like her identity, kind of mm-hmm. like what defined her. And and, and uh, but did you like? Were you uh, towards the end that you were with him, but like wanted to get the fuck out? Yeah. So I think, yeah, like I couldn't stand it. But I didn't know how. Yeah. Um, and finally, what did it was, you know, and the other thing about all of it is that I hid how bad it was from everybody. I didn't talk about it. I cried by myself. When it was bad, nobody came around, nobody came over. I hid it from everybody, yeah. including my parents. And I tell my mom everything. She, yeah. she, I'm sure she knew. She never heard it from me. Yeah. What happened with that situation specifically, I, I knew I had to, and I, ha- I didn't have the strength to do it. Yeah. The only person who is stronger than anybody I know to get me out of a bad situation that will not let me go back to it, I called my dad. Yeah, yeah, man, sergeant at arms. Because once I told him what was happening and how I felt and what was going on, he took me out of that situation that I couldn't take myself out of, and I never went back. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm closer to my mom than anything, than anybody in this entire world. But my dad and I connect on another level because we fight a lot of the same things. Yeah. You know, because depression, bipolar, anxiety, a lot of that stuff comes through genetics. Yeah. Like, uh, you can't uh, help it. It's how you're built. Yeah. And and I wonder how much most people have of this. Like, the thing is, is there's a lot of people that live with this. Yes. Every day and fight it. Different degrees. And fight it. Yeah. And fight it, you know, and it's like... um, um, even maybe in a situation where they can't even take meds for it. Mm-hmm. Like our pilot friend, remember we were talking to yeah. him about it. So like, I think it's, it's, it's such a fucking stigma in the, in the amount of services available yep. for this or fucking non-existent, hard. non-existent. I have a child with 
you know, diagnosed ADHD and trying to get him the treatment and the services that he deserves Mm -hmm. is nearly impossible between insurance and all the hoops you have to jump through. And, you know, he's a minor. So add that on there. And it's this whole thing. Um, And it's hard. Why are we making it so hard to help people? I don't understand. Yeah. You call a psychiatrist's office and say, hey, I have these issues. They're bad. I'm off my meds or I'm, I've never been medicated. And mm-hmm. they go, oh, well, you're a new patient. We'll see you in three months. Yeah. What good does that do anybody? Yeah. It does none. It, it's insane. You know, and going back to, you know, the this Twitch guy, what really kind of set me off and attached me to this specifically was how everybody's talking about nobody could see it. No. Nobody saw it. They only saw what he wanted them to see. And I think that is something that is not recognized enough in mental health is that the people that you least expect (coughs) are the ones you need to worry about the most. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think and I fight about this stuff in my own head every day. But I'm also the first one to show up when somebody's in trouble or something is happening. I'm the first one there. Somebody calls me and needs help with something. I'm the first one there, even though I don't have time for it. Yeah. You know, I I do that. I take care of other people. I take care of everybody before I take care of myself. Um, you know, for a long time, I was caught up in the stigma of you shouldn't be medicated. Yeah. Because it's that, you know, that does mean you're crazy. Yeah. Well, you know what? I... It came to a point in my life and I will never forget it standing in my bedroom. And I don't know, we weren't married yet, but Jason looked at me and he said, you have to do something. You can't keep living like this and I can't keep living with you like this. Yeah. And, you know, we have a very unique relationship too. (laughs) People people laugh at us all the time and think we hate each other, but we really don't. But he, you know, that, that scared me. Because he is, no matter how much we fight, he's my person. And yeah. I know that. Yeah, he's a kind soul. He is. You know. And he he grounds me when I need to be grounded and lifts me up when I can't stand on my own. And I need him. Not not to, you know, not necessarily a, I need him to live. I'm so attached to him. But yeah. it was, do you do the right thing and go get help? Or do you sacrifice your person yeah, and losing, your family? Losing your honor. So I went and I got help and I tell anybody and everybody now that talks to me about how they feel or talks to me about their kids acting a certain way, um, the anxiety, the depression, whatever. You know what? I am medicated. Yeah. I take two medications a day to control mine and it still doesn't do all of it. But, you know, it, it does most. It does most. Yeah, it, it, I think it gives you enough of a push to make sure you're going to make the right decisions yeah. and, you know, get moving and do the things you and need to function. do. You know what's insane is that I, I still talk to a person, all you know, a couple times a month. But I don't ever tell anybody. Like, for some reason, it's hard. For, like, I don't put it on the schedule. I just know. Yeah. You know, um, my, I have a schedule that doesn't go to everybody. So, like, I'm not, I know when I can go yeah and now it's usually through the phone since covid and all that stuff yeah but and i do it and i don't ever uh i i, I tell people afterwards that you know mm-hmm. i talk to the man but uh yeah. 
but I don't tell people when I'm going. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of it is is that I don't know why. Like I don't. I couldn't explain to you why I don't go. Hey, I'm gonna go talk to Bob tomorrow. No. You know, but it is just the way it is for me. But you, you know? need it, yeah. and it helps, and it. You know, that's whatever it is that helps you. That's what needs to be done, whether it's yeah. medication or counseling or just a phone call or having, you know, that friend like yeah. it. The biggest thing is admitting that you don't feel right. Yeah. Admitting that you're drowning. You know, sometimes I feel like I can barely keep my head above water. Yeah, man, just kick it underneath. Some know. days are good. Some days are bad. Yeah. Um, so how far... Um, like um, from that bad dude, that situation you were in to you were like going to commit suicide. Um, it was probably about a month later. Yeah. Because I was living by myself for the first time in my life. I and it was a big house. Yeah, man, that loneliness gets you. And I, yeah. I don't do well with lonely. Yeah, I don't. I don't do well with that feeling. Um, you know, it was it was even really hard and triggering for me when uh, Jason went back 24-hour shifts. Because when we got together, he worked 40-hour week. He was home every night. Yeah. So a couple years into our relationship, he went back and then he was gone every night. Or every third night, mm -hmm. you know. I That was really hard for me. I bet. Um I've gotten better and I've adjusted to it. And we joke now, like I, we, I depend on that every third day. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I'm going to tell you the, the, um, well, you're on shift work as long as me and Jason have been. It's just our body don't work well being home regular. Right. You know, um, yeah, it's, it's so, hard. It's so crazy. What's interesting is and I've been tracking it for like a couple months now there. I get these nights where I'm up all night. And I can't figure out why the fuck, it, whether I'm at the house or air care or wherever, I'm up and I'm awake and nothing that I do will put me to sleep. And then the next day I'm fucking exhausted. Mm -hmm. And for the last month, like seven nights that this has happened, all all B shifts. So all oh. days that I would have been at the fire department. Okay. It's nuts. Like uh, last night was one of those. And like you're, you haven't been there. How many years now? Three years. Yeah, that you yeah. haven't been on yeah. that shift. Like you still work shifts, but yeah. not the same way. It doesn't happen all the time, but it, it'll happen. Usually, like November to December is like the worst time for me. Like I hate this fucking time of the year. It's... It, <laughs> I'm not a Christmas dude. Like I, I just for me, it's it's you know. All kinds of bad memories and shit, you know, like the memories yeah. of like, you know, spending Christmas not at your house when you're a kid because, you know, you, you're at somebody else's house, you know. Yeah, that, that would, I, I can't imagine. It, my, yeah. <laughs> my parents fucked up and took me away from home for one Christmas yeah. my entire life. And they never, never I was horrible. They yeah. never did it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, listen, man, like it, Christmas is a bad time. Uh, one time me and Trish have been broken up and all the years we've been together mm -hmm. was during Christmas. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, so it's crazy. Is that I why mean, you always make sure you work Christmas Day? Uh, well, I've always worked Christmas Day since I got divorced because uh, uh, my ex's family, they, that's a big deal. Christmas yeah. The 25th is a big deal for them. So when I got divorced, I always had Carlos Christmas Eve. And, um, and you know, uh, my dad 
back in the day, started this uh, hibachi thing for Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. The, all the years I was with Ann, we never did it. Like, you know, it was just, you know, just... It, it wasn't part of her yeah, tradition. Yeah, so Christmas Eve for uh, when when I get divorced, my, my, me and my little brother started back up where we start, you know, we get uh, like a tuxedo type t-shirt. Yes. And, we all go. I would always order a tiny tuxedo t-shirt for my brother, who's a massive dude, so it was super tight. And we go get hibachi, and and then we go watch A Christmas Story and Die Hard, you know, and then I would take Carlos home, yeah. back to his mom's. So, yeah, that's why I've always basically, so I work Christmas Day. Um, that year when me and Trish break up, I work at Christmas Day. I was working with this guy named uh, Rich, Richard Schaefer, and he was... He felt so bad for me. It was crazy. Like I, I was, I was in Leesburg actually, oh, geez. and I was absolutely fucking miserable. Yeah, I bet. I was fucking miserable with yeah. that shit, and it's it's insane. You know what makes the holidays hard for me is, and we can we'll definitely save this for another uh, layers of Amanda's life. I we've had a lot of family events that have very strongly impacted our family over the years, and. The holidays reminds me of who's missing. Yeah. And, you know, what makes it even harder for me is that the people that are missing and that I miss, they're not dead. This is not, not around. They're just not there. Yeah. And that's hard because, you know, I was an only child. I was an only grandchild. I was an only grandchild on both sides of my family until I was 15 years old. Wow. Like now I have to share my other grandparents. But again, I was 15 yeah, before that first yeah. other kid came yeah. around. And, you know, we had traditions and we had the thing. And I am a very, I'm sure it's because of my anxiety and my depression and whatever, but I am a very routine you person. You gotta have your shit done the same you, way. This is what it is. This is how it goes. Don't fuck with it. Yeah. Um. Funny story. When I, one of the times I realized that I actually had anxiety was because I was at work. I was at the com- I was in the comm center, and we wore uniforms. We wore polos and like tactical pants and boots for what reason? I don't. Yeah, know. fucking but, boots, man. Uh, What's we also? Episode? But we also wore the like the basket weave belt. Oh Jesus! Okay, so I got up and I went to the bathroom, and I realized I forgot to put my belt on that day. Oh my goodness. I had a full blown panic attack and breakdown in the bathroom stall because I had to pee so bad. Yeah. I couldn't figure out how to unbutton my pants to go to the bathroom because that first step of undoing my belt was gone. And I lost it. Ain't that that crazy? And I was like, holy shit, what just happened? Like, that. But that's a real thing. Like, as stupid and as funny as it is, like, oh my God, you couldn't unbutton your pants. That was very real and it was very traumatic. Yeah. I see that with Josh all the time. And like if he loses a, like if Josh puts something down and he loses it and he does, he can't figure out where it is or whatever, it fucks him up. Like yes. he can't figure it out. Like he can't, it's so insane. And I'm like, dude, chill the fuck out. You're, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. Uh, but he can't figure it out. It's so crazy. Uh, yeah, I know. I know exactly how you, because I've well, seen it. You know, it, it, I'm like that too. In a sense, like I like shit a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, living with Trish, I've had to learn how to like be a little different with stuff, Same, you know, <laughs> but 
like I've compromised on that, Yeah, you, you know, and I've learned to live, but there's sometimes that I can't take it. But there are still some things like yeah. one of my big things is um, the shower and the way that the things are lined up and the order that they're in. Oh, yeah. And that asshole will go in there and fuck with them just to see if I notice, like I'm not going to notice. Like, come on. You know, it's funny though. Like I can see him having the same OCDs. Like I know. Oh, he does. Yeah. He's got certain shit that like, it's got to be a certain way. Oh yeah. And it's, uh, you know, um, <laughs> and so I can see you should fuck with him. Oh, but yeah. the problem is like, he's his own worst enemy too. <laughs> like he does feel that way and he gets so upset when things oh, yeah. are not where they belong. Oh yeah. And most of the time he's sure that somebody else put it in the wrong place. Oh yeah. It's not. It was him. No. <laughs> so he's his own worst enemy. Oh, man. So, like, he does it to himself. Yeah. So then he thinks it's funny to do it to me. And I'm like, now you just ruined my whole day because I took a shower this morning and now I want to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you put the shampoo bottle Can't in the wrong place. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot. I cannot. And I, there have been a lot of things that I've had to adjust to. He needs his own shower. He. Mm. Listen. He needs, like, his own hippo shower. <laughs> he just needs to leave it alone. Yeah. Leave it alone. Don't touch the shit, man. <laughs> You know, uh, uh, when we were talking about Twitch, uh, Twitch the Soul and, and stuff, the, you know, brought up the Mad Negley thing, you know, that we talked about. But then, like, Chester Bennington, they have, uh, when we were talking about it the other day, oh, the yeah. Lincoln Park guy. Mm -hmm. Again. Same thing, had no idea. Yeah. There's a, a YouTube video of the, the night he kills himself. He's at the, you know, having dinner with his family and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, his wife posted it, I guess. Instagram and one of the, you know, social media platforms and he looks just fine. Like he's having yeah. a, f fine, a fun time and whatever. And then, you know, that happens to him. The other guy that I'm a big wrestling fan. Okay. I'm a wrestling. I love wrestling. Wrestling <laughs> is real to me. You know what I'm saying? So, but Chris Benoit. Okay. He was the, uh, they used to call him the rabbit Wolverines, a little tiny muscle dude. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, killed his wife, kid. And himself. Oh. And the thing that's interesting about his case is that when they do, you know, they have these documentaries called Dark Side of the Ring and stuff like that. Okay. And when you're watching it is you don't realize the effect you have on people mm -hmm. and that you leave behind. Right. I, you know, even though I, I've been there and I've, you know, I I was there. I was close to it. It was the way out. It was the way to make the pain stop. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I've learned since then, and this is something that people may disagree with and people may be offended by, suicide is fucking selfish. It's absolutely a selfish act. It is horrible mm -hmm. because what you just you know ended for yourself started something that's probably worse. For those that around you, like now you have caused the same pain, but worse than else. what you were in. So you, you didn't get rid of it. You passed it on. Yeah. And that's not fair. No. That, you know, like for me, a lot of what was, what had, what happened to me, I put myself in that situation. I allowed myself to stay there. I allowed myself to be so attached to this person. Yeah. It, I did that. Not not my kid, not my parents, not my friends. They didn't do that. They yeah. didn't force me to stay there. I did that. So for me to have taken my own life and passed all that pain 
of taking my parents' only child, my kid's only mother. Like, how is that? There, there's a lot of things. You know, there, you man. really have yeah. to think about it. There's a lot of things there, man. Uh, I do think the benefit of being so low and reaching that point and being there is that, and and you know, outliving it and 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 deciding that. You know, so if, if that wasn't your time to go, if that wasn't your time to die, then there's still a there's still a need for you here. Yes. And then you find what that thing is and how your story can help somebody else. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that I look at that I'm like, you know, I think that what, you know, my reason for still being here is that I can. It, it's going to help somebody else. Somebody oh. else will live because of that. Yes. And uh, in the strangest angels, man, like, you know, I always say, you know, uh, Rob George saved my life, you know. Yeah. And uh, and people laugh when I say that all the time, but it's reality. But it is. Yeah. He, he did save my life. And if it wasn't for him, like, I'd be still, I'd be dead. Yeah. Absolutely. As true as I can stand here in front of you today. Yeah. Like, it was, uh, I remember, like, um, that day, like, it was yesterday. And I remember... Yeah. Like the day before, mm-hmm. um, the other night we I took my son to the strip club over Dancers Royale. He's twenty one now, and you know if I figured I'd take him to the first strip club, and uh, I was sitting there at Dancers and I was thinking of so the day before I remember being at Dancers and I had gone to hockey with the guys and I I remember like I spent a couple thousand bucks and I left like two bottles of. Of liquor, Jameson and stuff, and I left the guys there. And they're like, "You're not going to hang out." And I'm like, "Nah, man, I had a good time." And yeah, and I left. I remember leaving because I, I, you know, Jimmy Reyes was there, you know, and a couple of the guys. And I remember just leaving because I was like, you know, I, I've I've left these guys in good shape. You yeah. know, time time to go. And uh, man, I'm telling you, it it, it it's you. It's all those little facts and stuff you remember. I remember it is getting the stuff I was going to do it and uh, playing and it's just it's so crazy I remember sitting on my bedroom floor the sheets on my bed were red I had these butterfly twinkle lights around the mirror Mm -hmm. on my dresser I remember all of that you know I dropped my kid off with my mom that morning he didn't have a stuffy nose he didn't have like nothing nothing was wrong with him he was completely fine yeah three hours later he spiked a fever why Still don't know why. Yeah. I mean, I do, but. It's a kid thing. I, and you know, it, him and I, I'll, and you know, one day when he's older, I will probably share things about our life early on. Him and I went through some shit. Yeah. And he is my, he saved me. Yeah. More than once. And still gives me a reason to live. Um, you know, and there were times in there that I made bad choices as a mom. You know, I did leave him with family and go out and party and drink instead of taking care of him. I never left him in a bad place. I never left him with somebody that was going to cause him harm or that he wasn't well taken care of, but I should have been there. It should have been me. Um, and I carry a lot of guilt. I carry a lot of guilt as a mom. And I think, you know, Jason and I have different parenting views as most people do. Mm -hmm. But I think a big part of what affects me is that I carry so much guilt still. 
I try not to. I try to let it go. But, you know, it's sometimes it's just still there because. Yeah. You got to understand, too, like, as long as you don't squeeze the pus out of something, mm-hmm. it's going to sit there and fester. And that's the thing is, obviously, I've I've never publicly talked about any of this. Um, and I don't I don't like to talk about it because it's it's sad Nobody does. and it sucks. Yeah. Um, and it's you know, it's kind of. I don't necessarily love the word triggering, but it's triggering for me. And I have a, I have a photographic memory of events. Like I can't read a book and see all the words. Like I don't have that kind of photographic memory, but I can see every bad time, even the good things, but you remember the bad sometimes more. I can vividly see every part of my surroundings, what I was wearing what the other person was wearing, I can see all of that plain as day still. And those things don't go away. So you have to find a way to deal with it and talk about it and let it out. And that's part of why I wanted to talk about this stuff on here is not to say, hey, you know, we've been there. We know how you feel. It has nothing to do with that. I will never tell somebody I know how they feel. Because you have no idea how the other person feels. But if you share your story and you say it out loud, you might give somebody else yeah, the mean, courage to say it out loud. Life rope. Or to ask for help. Or, yeah. you know, we talk about this on our other podcasts too, that there are resources and there are, you know, whatever. You know what? Even no matter what kind of day I'm having, my phone number is posted all over that website. You need somebody call. Yeah. My phone rings 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. It's a I, life rope, man. And, you know, I tell people all the time, man, it's just, it's it's almost like, well, you know, you're a drug addict, and they say you're a drug addict your whole life, even once you're recovered, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic your whole life. I think these these crosses are with us all the time. Yes. You know, are with us all the time. I do think that there's stuff you hold on to that, that you got to you got to purge it because like I, it's definitely always going to be this anchor dragging you down. Uh-huh. Um, and I, that I can tell you because I've purged those things. Yeah. You know, but I still have some that I, that I haven't been able to, you know? Yeah. And some of it, like, you know, I am at a better place in my life and I, you know, I felt, I feel like I have found my place. I have found my people, all of them. Yeah. Whether it's my personal life, work life, whatever. You know, I, I have found my people. I found my purpose. I have found where I belong. I have that now. So I'm trying to let go of some of it. Um, and for me, some of it is is talking about it to people I would have never talked to, to about it. Mm-hmm. I never imagined I would put anything like that in words that could be found on a public forum. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I... About 10 people going to listen to this. All right, listen, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, and you and I've had some, I, sometimes I don't even know how we get there. Well, my mom but. <laughs> was 100% sure I was going to be a priest. Oh. And, like, I thought I was going to be a priest. Okay. Until I discovered vagina. Yeah. I no. do enjoy it. Those don't go together. Yeah. And, uh, but, like, you know, originally, man, that was the plan. Like, I think, you know, my grandma was so happy. My mom's mom, he's like, finally, you know, Catholic family got him. <laughs> um, and, uh, but 
I don't know. I always had that thing where people just say things and they feel uh, comfortable. I think a lot of it is there's this, you have this certain confidence and like a trust. There's just trusting in what people tell you happens in a different way than most people even understand trust. Like, you know, we ate dinner in a vault, but I also know that there could be things that I could say, hey, I have to say this out loud, but you're the only person that's ever going to hear this. And I don't want anybody else to know. Yeah, it's in there. Now it's in a vault. Yeah, I ain't going anywhere. And, you know, it, and I, I see, because I see so much of your life now, there are a lot of people that do that. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, man. I'm telling you. Like, it's sometimes, like you were saying earlier, sometimes you feel the weight of the world on you for yes. whatever reason, you know? And it's like, man, who the fuck, who the fuck do I talk to? Yeah. And um, so... You know, a lot of times it, it ends up being you. Like a lot of times I yeah. end up venting to you and stuff. So it's uh kind of kind of interesting out of those those things, right? Um, shoot, how long have we been going? We're going for a bit. Mm-hmm. You know the the one famous suicide that got me is Kurt Cobain. Uh, Nirvana, Nirvana lead okay. singer. So I think it was, it was about the date just to see what. what uh, how old were you April 5th, 1994? Oh, six. <laughs> so you're not listening to Nirvana, right? No. So, so you know, like, uh, we, I graduated in 95, so like, uh, 96. But 96 smells like Teen Spirit, you know, still mm-hmm. was like a big song. And, uh, man, Kurt Cobain um was like you know that grunge thing like that that was a big deal man and when this dude killed himself i was like man how how can you be at that place um in my uh, i remember saying that and then like as it came out of my mouth the drugs like Mm -hmm. the heroin and then i knew i said you know i've lived that shit my whole life so i go you know what i said i i can i've seen that person before right you know not myself but you know who Yeah. So to me, man, like that, that, but to have that ungodly amount of talent, Robin Williams. Oh my gosh. That one is my, I can't, that one still makes me so sad. And I, I would give anything to have been able to save him. Yeah. I I mean, obviously I don't know him, but. I know who he was and I know what he did for people and I know what he did. You know, yes, he was an actor. He was a comedian, but he brought something to that. He he would, he would have some roles that were just unbelievable. He was special. Yeah. Like, um, the Peter Pan one, like hook, yes. like hook, like you go, man, look, that's the dude, Mrs. Doubtfire, Patch Adams, Patch Adams. Oh you my know? gosh. I still um, cry every time. I watch yeah. Movie. So, it, what a, a guy! That man is just a, just a genius, you know. And it, all the all these people that do fight these demons, and sometimes these demons win, you know. Yeah. And, and I feel that if we do something like this in a forum, and the way we're doing it, and the way we're putting it out there, is that you know we're kind of declaring a fight on the demons of people, you know, yeah. and not letting those motherfuckers win, because man, like it, it robs the world of 
things that are amazing. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes I stop and I look around and I hear, you know, even if it's my kids fighting, I hear them fighting or laughing or doing whatever. And I hear Jason joking around with them and, you know, whatever. And I, I sit there and I take it all in and I go, there was one moment that I almost missed all of this. I know. I almost missed it all. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy? And that kills me like that. And I'm so thankful that I'm still here. I'm, I'm very thankful that you're still here. Yeah, man. I, you know, it's. I wouldn't know where I have to go if you weren't here. (laughs) Most people wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. Like where, where do I go? But you know, I, I guess that's more what I want people to recognize is it's okay not to always be the strong one. It's okay to have a bad day. It is. It's okay to have a couple bad days. It is. But you still have to pick yourself up because what you're going to miss is not worth missing just to take away one bad day Yeah. or two bad days yeah. or whatever. Like I, I couldn't imagine. I can't imagine not being there to see all of the things, good and bad. Yeah. And I'm thankful every day now that I am. And even on the bad days. You know, uh, there, I got to find the quote because we used to always say it. You ever seen the movie G.I. Jane? Mm-mm. I like this being in front of the computer here. I know. Like, That's pretty yeah. good. So in the movie G.I. Jane, there is a, uh, uh, I have never seen a wild thing feel sorry for itself. This guy does this quote. It's awesome. And and it's funny because, like, it's one of those things that uh, me and Josh used to say a lot to. I used to say it a lot to him and he'll say it a lot to me and uh you know which has been replaced by you know just suck one today <laughs> right uh, but it was dh lawrence and uh he's be right i've never seen a wild thing feel sorry for itself a small bird will drop dead frozen from a bow without ever feeling sorry for itself you know and it's so crazy when you read things like that yeah because it's like things like pain you know, um, which is perceived as a negative thing is actually a, a sign of growth, you know? Yeah. So you, you always see, you know, if, if lobsters never feel pain, they never shed their shell and they would remain to be small. Mm-hmm. So sometimes being uncomfortable, sometimes hurting, sometimes those yeah. things are going to create a massive amount of growth that is just like what you need to go through. Yeah. To be able to enjoy the place you're at now. I, you know, as much as I think back on those days, I have learned to look back on all of those bad days and go, you know what? That was a phase. That was a chapter in my book. Mm-hmm. It was part of my story. And no matter how much it sucked, I needed that to be where I am, who I am. You know, it gives me the ability to stand up for people. It gives me more of an ability to recognize a lot of things that people don't see. Like people that feel that way are very good at hiding it. But there's a lot of times with people that I I have the ability to see through it because I've been there. And I think that that is a lesson in the pain. Yep. Because... 
well, now maybe I can step in and help this person or, and you don't even have to tell them like, Hey, I know you're, I know you're having a bad day, but instead that day you go, Hey, you're a great friend. Thanks for being in my life. Yeah. You know, one of my, one of my good friends this morning, as a matter of fact, Julia, she, I haven't talked Julia. to her. Yeah. I haven't talked to her in a couple of weeks um, because just life is crazy. Yeah. And that's how it goes. She's still one of my best friends. I love her to death. Mm -hmm. I started my morning at 8.15. She randomly sent me a text that said, I love you and I miss you. Oh, Julia Gulia. You know, why? I don't know. Amen. But that's the shit that matters. Like, say what you feel, mean what you say. Yeah. And talk about it. It's okay. And it's okay for bad days, but they don't last forever. Yeah, you got to think, man. Tomorrow... I'm going to be over this. It's going to feel better. Yeah. You and know, it, you best know. best part of a headache is when it goes away. Yes. <laughs> and the biggest thing, you know, is letting people know that, you know, they're not alone. Yeah. There are other people. Everybody around you is fighting something. And one of my favorite quotes, I'm like, I love quotes. Mm -hmm. I just, I love them. Because they, you know, they hit different on different topics and whatever. Yeah, but absolutely. One of my favorite ones is to always be kind because everyone is fighting a battle that you have no idea. Yeah. So be, you know, be kind to people because you don't know what's going on in that person's head. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I always say live, live for joy. And yeah. if you, because joy is now, like, you know, you enjoy what you do right now. Yeah. You will find happiness. Yeah. That's that's how that's how you gotta live your life. Yep. So well, this is awesome. Yeah. I first good one. We'll see how we'll see how people think about yeah. it. Yeah. Well they can go fuck themselves if <laughs> they don't like it. I you know, the whole point of this is this guy took his life, he was only forty years old. That rest his soul, man. He did do a lot of happiness for a lot of people he while did. he was still here, so and I, although I don't understand following through with it because obviously that didn't happen to me. I don't know if it's necessarily the right thing to say, but props to him for not letting his young kids be the ones that found him. Yeah. Thank God. I, that takes courage too. Yeah. So. Well, that's it. Love your birthday, buddy. I love you too. And We're going to have some not-so-depressing stuff, too. Because yeah, I mean, let me tell you, when we talk about this Casey Anthony thing... This is going to be ridiculous. Listen. Yeah. We're gonna have to, that may be multiple uh, episodes. Yes. May drive the hippo crazy. <laughs> hey, take us away, buddy. Um, just, you know, be kind. Everybody's fighting a battle. If you need to talk about it, there are places to reach out. RescueCompany1.com is our... Uh, business. My phone number is plastered all over there. I'm always willing to listen. I don't care who you are. Um, you know, the biggest thing, it's okay to, it's okay to not be okay, but ask for help. Talk about it. Love people, love each other. All That's right. all you got. Bye. <laughs>